Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. I'm undergoing self-isolation. It's the only way to be. Just for the lack of stimulation. So come self-isolate with me. Well, it's warm in here today in in my self-isolation. It's warm where I am, 30 degrees to 80 degrees in two weeks. That's not a land speed record, but it still can make the old head spin around. New Orleans is feeling like New Orleans again. And other things are uh, reverting as well, not so cheerfully. I celebrated with you the idea that after, well, about five weeks ago, uh, the T word didn't have to be spoken on this program with such regularity. I, I don't think it was spoken at all for about the last three or four weeks. But today we're, it's, it's, a, it's throwback Sunday, partly because the, um, the T word is speaking at the CPAC, big, what it used to be called a conservative conference. Uh, it's now basically a conference of personality cult. There is, I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't seen this, go look at it right now. I'll be here. There's a gold statue of Donald Trump in the uh, lobby of the venue where the CPAC conference is being held this weekend. I seem to remember the Bible saying something about graven images and gold, but, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Bible person. Anyway, it's there, which marks the occasion of his uh, speaking to the tribe on Sunday afternoon. And uh, the message out of the CPAC conference seems to be we're with him and uh, we're, on, we're with his program. And lest you think that's talking about policies, his program, he's made clear, is getting back at the people who voted for his impeachment. Um, As with the uh, aftermath of the first impeachment, where he swore to get revenge and then fired Colonel Vindman, who was one of the witnesses in the first impeachment proceeding, uh, he has made it clear he's going after the people who voted yes on impeachment and conviction in the second. So that's a, you know, that's a program. That's an agenda. And um, the odd thing is that everybody, apparently, except his enemies in the party, are are coalescing behind it. So uh, state Republican committees in the states where uh, senators voted for impeachment or conviction have censured those representatives and senators who voted in that manner. So they're, they're on with the, they're right there with the program of revenge for the enemies of the T word. Hello, welcome to the show. One look at Murkowski, and you know just what's her problem. Her face 
is pure Bowowski. She smokes them and she's got them way up in Alaska. A primary challenge is my commitment. She's going down in freezing flames after my equipment. Seven members of the Senate, ten members of the House voted yes on my impeachment. Every single one of them's a louse. They think it was a freebie that I'm not me, that I'm not bitter. Now that I've had my quitter The ones from the Congress I don't even know one name They thought impeaching would make them famous they don't know how to play this game But Senators Cassidy and Sass They're dumb, they're so little Their state parties kick their ass And war's in store thanks to my acquittal just got re-elected She's gonna wish she lost She doesn't dare come to CPAC In two seconds she'd be tossed I'm setting up a super pack. The money won't be a pittance They'll be really High-class fundraisers Thanks to my acquaintance When you cross me, I remember When you serve me, I forget They say I learned a lesson I haven't learned one yet I'm building for the future every minute that I'm here sitting but I'm pissed about the past and it's payback time thanks to my acquitting From New Orleans, Louisiana, as previously stated, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of Le Show, kicking off with a copyrighted feature, oddly enough, News of the War, won't you? 
listen to the war. We can listen to the war. Got it. Got warmer just since the song started. A system of ocean currents that circulate warm and cool seawater, alternatively, across the globe and help regulate Earth's climate, that system could become dormant or even collapse if global warming goes unchecked, according to a study released this week. The ocean current system called the Atlantic Meridional, Meridional Overturning Circulation, the AMOC, redistributes warm and cool water across the equatorial regions and northern hemispheres. Where we get the um, the currents directly influencing the strength and frequency of tropical monsoons and North Atlantic storms is what the system does. Agricultural systems and biodiversity are also impacted by AMOC. It shapes rainfall and weather patterns year-round. Several central players of global climate system have already demonstrated their fragility under the weight of climate change like the Amazon rainforest, the Arctic sea ice system, and the boreal permafrost. This new study out of uh, University of Copenhagen, Copenhagen, Copenhagen in Denmark, examined how close AMOC is to surpassing its tipping point or its threshold for system collapse. Didn't even realize it was tipping aloud. Specifically, the study analyzed whether the infusion of ice melt into the sea, a mass injection of cold, fresh water into the salty deep, could induce collapse of a relatively stable climate system, such as AMOC. Scientists focus on this phenomenon because of already available evidence of existing ice melt in Greenland spinning, spilling into the sea and disrupting some components of that system. Researchers found that continued ice melt infusion into the ocean could force AMOC to reach its tipping point much earlier and faster than ever anticipated. That's according to the study published in the journal PNAS. I believe that's Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, but if they wanted me to know what it spelled out, they'd spell it out. The finding reveals the fragility of climate systems worldwide, described in the study as a rate-induced tipping point when global warming introduces unpredictable rapid change into them. Quote, we show that due to the chaotic dynamics of complex systems, there is, a well def- there is no well-defined critical rate of parameter change which severely limits the predictability of a qualitative long-term behavior. The results show that the safe operating space of elements of the Earth system with respect to future emissions might be smaller than previously thought. Unquote. Science talk. Researchers said in a news release attached to the study that because of the unpredictability of climate change, it remains unclear what conditions must be present for tipping induced by change to occur. These effects manifest themselves, say the researchers, as a tipping of the system to a new state even before a theoretical threshold in the external conditions, such as atmospheric CO2, is reached. The uh, rate-induced tipping, the rate of change, not the amount of change, is the important factor. It's because tipping occurs more rapidly when the system's conditions change quickly. So there's, there's your good news for the day. We don't know, but it could happen. And state of Calif- start of California's 
annual rainy season has been pushed back from November to December. The Chamber of Commerce announced, no, that's not. It uh, prolongs the state's increasingly destructive wildfire season by nearly a month. This is according to new research. study can't confirm the shift is connected to climate change. The results are consistent with climate models, which predicted drier climates, drier autumns, particularly for California, in a warming climate, according to the authors. Wildfires can occur at any time in California. That's one of the state's big attractions. But fires typically burn from May through October. That's the dry season. Start of the rainy season, historically in November, ends wildfire season. Plants become too moist to burn. Too moist to burn, ladies and gentlemen. That's the condition we're looking for. California's rainy season has been starting progressively later in recent decades. Well, everything's progressive in California. And climate scientists have projected it will get shorter that is to say, the rainy season, as the climate warms. In the new study, researchers analyzed rainfall and weather data in California over the past six decades. The results show the official onset of California's rainy season, you know, the big party, the concert, that that official onset is 27 days later than it was in the 1960s. See, it was, it was wetter in the 60s. That explains it. And the rain that does fall is being concentrated during the months of January and February, meaning last day to rain in California. Get your rain in now, folks. What will be shown is it will not happen in the future. It's already happening already, says a climate scientist at the University of Belgrade in Serbia, lead author of the new study. Serbia, why don't you? No, I know. The onset of the rainy season has been progressively delayed since the 60s. The precipitation season has become shorter and sharper. This is published in the journal Geophysical Research Letters. The results suggest California wildfire season, getting worse due to human-caused climate change, will last even longer in the years to come. Californians can expect to see more fires flaring up in the month of November. Last year was California's worst wildfire season on record. An extended dry season means there's more overlap between wildfire season and the influx of Santa Ana winds that bring hot, dry weather in the fall. These winds fan the flames of wildfires. News of the warm, ladies and gentlemen. It is so a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now, Time for me to read the trades for you. Cherokee Nation wants Jeep to stop using its name. It's from Automotive News, and I'll read it for you. At least in part. Transcribe. The Cherokee Nation says it's time for corporations such as Jeep and sports franchises to retire the use of Native American names and imagery. Jeep has used the Cherokee tag for nearly 50 years. Its Grand Cherokee has been a top seller for the off-road adventure brand. The Cherokee Nation, though, doesn't think slapping its name on the side of a vehicle is the best way to honor them. That's according to Chuck Hoskin, Jr., its principal chief. That's right. The chief is named Chuck. 
Hoskins said it was a reach out. Let's reach out, everybody, to the Cherokee Nation late January to get a better understanding of its position around the use of the Cherokee name. He credits the automaker for engaging with the nation on the issue. I made it clear I certainly wasn't giving my blessing to use Cherokee, he told Automotive News. I thought it was the right move to drop it. And I think they respectfully declined to take that action. But they also left the door open, I think, for further discussions. And so did we. Can't drive it if the door's left open, but... Car and Driver first reported the Cherokee Nation's stance last week. I'm sure that this comes from a place that is well-intended, but it does not honor us by having our name plastered on the side of a car, Hoskin told Car and Driver. The best way to honor us is to learn about our sovereign government, our role in this country, our history, culture, and language, and have meaningful dialogue with federally recognized tribes on cultural appropriateness. Jeep is a key brand for Stellantis, the uh, entity created by the merger of Fiat Chrysler and PSA. It's preparing to launch its redesigned Grand Cherokee this year. Our vehicle names have been carefully chosen and nurtured over the years to honor and celebrate Native American people for their ability, prowess, though nobility, prowess, and pride, Jeep said in a statement. We're more than ever committed to a respectful and open dialogue with Chief Chuck Hoskin, Jr., they said. The National Football League's Washington, D.C. franchise, formerly known as the Redskins, as you know, played this past season without a moniker. It was known only as the Washington football team. In Major League Baseball, the Cleveland Indians team announced in December it would change its name to the Cleveland Flaming Rivers. No, that's not true. Some new name yet to be determined. And the Jeep, I guess, could be known as the Chrysler off-road vehicle. The Fiat Chrysler off-road vehicle. But that's not where this is going. At least not according to what I read. What I read the trades for you copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Well, now news of the land of 15,000 princes, our freedom-loving friends in Saudi Arabia. Clearly, the big news in that regard was the release of the unredacted, non-classified, unclassified version of an intelligence report from the United States government that says, yes, Yes, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, MBS, as we all have learned to call him, was principally responsible for the assassination and dismemberment of the Washington Post journalist, Mr. Khashoggi, a couple years ago. Uh, But this is not about that. Saudi Arabian editions of Harper's Bazaar and Esquire magazines will be on newsstands starting this month. The bilingual publications will be run by an editorial team based in Riyadh and working with local contributors, stylists, photographers, and content creators. It's according to the Business of Fashion. 
Fashion publishing has the potential to be a strong platform in which to narrate the story of Saudi's homegrown fashion talent and encourage cultural exchange. Using fashion as a lens through which to examine the beauty and history of this country will inspire people both at home and abroad. That's a statement from Princess Nora bint Faisal Al Saud. She's a leading member of the Ministry of Culture's Fashion Commission. Wondered did she drive to the meeting where the statement was released? We'll have to we'll have to dig a little further about that. The launch is going to be accompanied by a series of exclusive private events throughout the year, luxury VIP soirees, hosted dinners, and practical workshops from global experts in the fashion industry. I wonder if they'll demonstrate the use of the bone saw. According to a recent report by the General Authority for Statistics, Saudi Arabia has one of the youngest populations in the world. So they need fashion. Two-thirds under the age of 35. That's a demographic both Harper's Bazaar Saudi and Esquire Saudi will be aiming to target. So watch out, young Saudis. They're targeting you. You know, when you're when your leader has been tarred with a brush like directing an assassination. It's great to have something cheerful like fashion to turn to, don't you think? Now, news of our friend, Adam. Clean, safe, too cheap to meet. Save, cheap, too cheap to meet. Cheap, save, too safe to meet. Save, save, too Oh, yes. Too safe to do anything with. Workers at the Hanford nuclear plant have begun retrieving radioactive waste from another of the nuclear reservation's 149 underground waste tanks storing nuclear waste, which just happened to be prone to leaks. They didn't mention the leaks when they said they would... To date, the Department of Energy has completed waste retrieval from 17 of the 149 single-shell tanks, some of them built in the 40s. So they were supposed to last 20, 25 years? At least one of the 132 tanks yet to be emptied is leaking waste into the ground below, where it it just doesn't bother anybody or anything. The Department of Energy has been working to empty the tanks of their solid waste, thick sludge, and salt cake. Salt cake for everybody. For about 22 years now, moving waste from single-shell tanks into 27 newer double-shell tanks. Well, those can never leak. You know that. That's for storage until the tank can be treated for disposal. Which tank? Oh, the ones that the single-shell ones that can disposal that'll be fun since they're radioactive work starts to empty one tank it's the first time that the uh, contractor has started emptying waste from a tank since august 2019 so they're out of practice there's your first excuse now let's turn the nuclear lens over to fukushima draft investigation report into the Fook nuclear meltdown 10 years ago was adopted by Japanese nuclear regulators this week. It says, this investigation, that it has detected dangerously high levels of radioactive contamination in two of the three reactors, adding to concerns about 
how the hell you go about decommissioning them. The interim report said data collected by investigators showed that the sealing plugs, sealing as in it seals them, not on the ceiling. You're welcome. Sitting atop the number two and number three reactor containment vessels were as fatally contaminated as nuclear fuel debris that had melted and fell to the bottom of the reactors. The experts said the bottom of the sealed plug, a triple-layered concrete disc-shaped lid, 39 feet in diameter, sitting atop of the primary containment vessel, is coated with high levels of radioactive cesium-137. Mm-mm. That's good eating. The number one reactor lid was less contaminated, probably because the plug was slightly knocked out of place, and disfigured. <laughs> it was saved by the impact of the hydrogen explosion. According to the report, the experts measured radio, radiation levels at multiple locations inside the three reactor buildings, examined how radioactive materials moved, and safety equipment functioned during the accident. They also said a venting attempt at Unit 2 to prevent reactor damage never worked. Well, there's your reliability right there. It never worked. And that safety measures and equipment designs still need to be examined. The lid contamination does not affect the environment. The vessels are enclosed inside the reactor buildings. The report didn't give further details about if or how the, the lid contamination would affect the decommissioning process. The uh, chairman of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission in Japan called the findings, quote, extremely serious, unquote, said they would make melted fuel removing, quote, more difficult, unquote. He said figuring out how to remove the lids would be a major challenge. Removing an estimated 900 tons of melted fuel debris from three reactors is a daunting task. Expected to take decades. Officials have not been able to describe exactly when or how it may end. Also at Fook, the operator says it has found that 53 tanks there storing radioactive wastewater were shifted from their original locations by a powerful earthquake, but it says there have been no leaks from the tanks. You're welcome. And TEPCO, that's the operator at Fook, said this week two seismometers at one of the reactors have been out of order since last year. So when a powerful earthquake struck the area earlier in February. They didn't collect data. The acknowledgement raised new questions about whether the company's risk management has improved since a massive earthquake and tsunami as of 10 years ago. The malfunctioning seismometers surfaced, a meeting, surfaced during a meeting of the Nuclear Regulatory Authority this week to discuss new damage at the plant resulting from the quake. It turned out to be a 7.3 quake. That's a big one. Not the big one, but the big a big one. Cooling water and pressure levels fell in the Unit 1 and 3 reactors. That in indicates additional damage to their <laughs> containment chambers. The operator, TEPCO, has repeatedly been criticized for cover-ups and delayed disclosures of problems at the plant. And this uh, news came as regulator asked TEPCO officials why it didn't have seismological data from the Unit 3 reactor. And the utility officials had to acknowledge that both of its seismometers had failed. So you can trust TEPCO. 
A new report from Northwestern University's Meridian 180 community is sounding an alarm. Victims of nuclear disasters around the world remain inadequately compensated. It calls for a more inclusive process for approving nuclear projects (laughs) and making nuclear energy decisions that give ordinary citizens a seat at the table. Yes, it's at that end of the table, which is about two miles from the other end of the table, and Please, please be seated there and, and relax. The water will be coming. The report calls for a rigorous and inclusive process that transcends national borders and enables wiser decisions about nuclear projects and their many lingering consequences. We're often inclined to think nuclear disasters don't happen very often, but that doesn't take into view the damaging impact these disasters have in the long run on people, agriculture, and anyone in the path of the fallout, sometimes beyond national borders said uh, Professor of Anthropology at Northwestern, editor of the report. But we we similarly are deciding to remain ignorant about the long-term effects of COVID. Check those out when you get a chance. They're fun. Clean, cheap, too safe to meter. That is, ladies and gentlemen, an adequate description of our friend the atom.
Wiping up the teardrops. From New Orleans, this is Le Show. And now, speaking of teardrops, the apologies of the week. We're so sorry. Mmm. Yes, smells like teardrops. KCRW, that's the original home of this radio program. President Jennifer Farrell. How many radio stations do you know that are the chief executives called president? KCRW's is. She apologized to staff this week for the station's failure to, quote, communicate compassion, unquote, to a former producer, Cerise Castle, who said her time working at KCRW was filled with, quote, microaggressions, gaslighting, and blatant racism, unquote. I believe we neglected to communicate compassion to Cerise and others who had unhappy and unwelcoming experiences at KCRW, which caused them to leave. For that, on behalf of KCRW, I am incredibly sorry, Farrow said. The comments about our workplace were taken seriously at the time. Those comments and others caused us all to examine our assumptions, our work, our prejudices, and the reality that was exposed. Castle didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. Earlier, she shared a resignation letter she sent to the station last year, in which she said employees described her hair as militaristic and said she had repeatedly been prevented from entering KCRW's building because she didn't, quote, look like someone who worked at KCRW. She also said she had, quote, consistently, unquote, been confused with another black woman who worked at the station and witnessed other staff say that, quote, structural racism isn't real. She had appeared on a podcast to detail her experiences working at KCRW. In a statement, the station said it conducted a four-month investigation into her claims and found that Quote, many were, quote, unsubstantiated or not corroborated, unquote. And they're sorry about that, too. The board that oversees ERCOT, that's the Texas Electric Grid Operator, held an urgent meeting this week, uh, I would think so, to discuss the winter storm that crippled most of the state last week. They offered apologies for the devastation the power outages have caused and pledged to gather the facts to help lawmakers determine how to prevent it from ever happening again. That's a big one right there, don't you think? ERCOT CEO Bill Magnus faced questions from his own board about why these power outages were so severe, why the agency was not able to predict such a devastating outcome. I mean, we saw something here that, you know, outstrips any extreme scenario, said Magnus. He said uh, nearly half the generating units in Texas shut down at the height of the outages. It was extremes. It was the extremes. He blamed the extremes. That would have been a good R&B band, wouldn't it? Way back when. Dateline Pittsford, New York, a village trustee in Pittsford said he will not accept the apology of the mayor after receiving an offensive email. Trustee Dan Keating shared the email with a local TV station in the subject line. The mayor, Robert Corby, referred to Keating, a village trustee, as, quote, a fecal maggot, unquote. The email was sent to village attorneys in response to a newsletter Keating wrote about a stalled development project. Keating was also included in the email. Corby apologized at the trustees' meeting earlier this week, claiming the email was actually a note he'd written to himself and was sent accidentally when he bumped his phone. But the dispute has escalated. The apology wasn't sincere, it wasn't genuine, Keating said. If it had been a real mea culpa, I would have accepted it. But it was a lie. 
And if you listen to the apology, it's on film. You can listen to it. It just makes no sense. Corby said, Elected officials are human beings, too. And like all human beings, we get frustrated and make mistakes. I was frustrated that a member of the village board posted information on social media that I believe is dishonest. I don't like divisive politics, and I certainly don't want to contribute to it. That's why I apologized in writing and with a statement I read at the board meeting earlier this week. You know, all humans call people fecal maggots, don't we? Dateline Tampa, Florida, New York Yankees pitcher Domingo German publicly apologized Wednesday for his actions that resulted in a suspension under baseball's domestic violence policy. His teammates called his face-to-face comments to them the previous day an important first step. They acknowledged some may look at him differently now. He began his video conference with reporters by reading a statement that said, in part, I want to take this opportunity before answering questions to sincerely apologize to the Steinbrenner family, my teammates, the front office, and those around me who love me. I've made mistakes of which I am not proud, of which I am not proud of, of which I am not proud of, and for that I want to apologize for. He addressed the entire team Tuesday, two separate groups because of COVID. It's a domestic violence incident involving his girlfriend, with whom he has, according to this story from ESPN, at least one child. <sighs> Senator John Kennedy, Republican of Louisiana. You know, he, he used to he used to talk almost normal, and then he went up to Washington, and he started talking like this. He apologized Thursday for calling Representative Deb Holland, President Biden's nominee for Interior Secretary, a, quote, whack job, unquote. He also called her a neo-socialist left of la- left of Lenin. Whack job was the whole. Tom? Left of Lenin? Yeah, whack job. In remarks to reporters, he apologized the very next day. I was searching for a word for extremist, which I think is more neutral. And I, I, I should have said extremist. I never should have said whack job. Holland be the first indigenous Senate-confirmed cabinet secretary. Yes, the uh, the self-same Senator Kennedy used to be state treasurer in Louisiana and would go on the radio every so often and sound like a like a smart person. Pressure is mounting in the Nebraska School Activities Association to do more to counteract racist behavior at school sporting events after another report of a racial slur being yelled from the stands at black high school basketball players. players. Norfolk Mayor Josh Moaning, Menning apologized to the students at Northwest and coaches on behalf of the city. I wanted to know that people in Norfolk, leaders in Norfolk, have no tolerance for such a thing. This is at Norfolk, Nebraska. He said Norfolk has been working to build inclusion in city government and schools, and he pledged to increase those efforts. And the Norfolk Public Schools issued a statement apologizing for any inappropriate comments or activities or actions that occurred and does not condone or will not tolerate acts of racism or discrimination, unquote. That takes care of that. A um, North Dakota lawmaker, Luke Simmons, is apologizing for his language in a brief angry outburst to two other lawmakers over mask shaming and not wearing a mask. Confrontation took place in the Capitol cafeteria as he stood in line. He chose he chooses not to wear a mask to other members. House Democrats uh, asked him to, 
demanded he put on a mask, pointed to a sign saying, you got to wear a mask, he said he wouldn't. Pair continued to demand he wear a mask, he said he told them to leave him alone. He claims most Republican lawmakers don't really follow the mask guidelines. Democrats, I'm sure, he says, are mad because we're not taking it. Not, we're taking it not serious. One of the individuals demanded he leave the cafeteria. If you don't want to follow the rules, then leave. At that point, Simmons said in his video, I told him to F off, leave me the F alone. He said, looking back at the incident, swearing was wrong. I'm not sorry for what I said. I'm sorry that I swore. It's not right to swear. Christians don't do it. He emphasized he doesn't apologize for not wearing a mask. I'm not sorry for not wanting to wear a mask. I'm not sorry for not wearing a mask, he said. The Catholic high school in Michigan has apologized after it shared a throwback Thursday photo on social media of a student wearing a Ku Klux Klan outfit. The photo, which has since been deleted from the school's Facebook and Instagram pages, came from the, want to guess the year, 1979 Lancet Catholic High School yearbook. It features a student wearing a white hood and robe with a cross. Several other students around him are giving a Nazi salute. That's good fun. The social media manager for the school has been forced, uh, placed on administrative leave. The incident is being investigated. I am very angry and very sorry this ever happened, said the school president, Dominic Ioko. It was wrong, offensive, and does not in any way reflect who we are. Well, who does it reflect? Who, who, was, who was that? What school was that in 1979? He initially said the picture was from a theatrical production set in ancient Rome. <laughs> where Hitler was popular. But he clarified later in a statement that it was from an Animal House-style Halloween assembly. He and the school board of trustees said in an additional statement they condemned the KKK outfit was ever permitted in the school. We also apologize for the emotions and pain this has stirred up within our community by being posted to our Facebook page, he said. Facebook apologized to Representative Marie Newman after the Illinois Democrats said a video of her putting a transgender pride flag outside her congressional office had been removed and labeled as hate speech. A police chief who failed to quarantine has been linked to a virus outbreak in Cordova, Alaska, and Chief Nate Taylor has apologized for his, quote, serious lapse in judgment. And, finally, Lowell, Massachusetts School Committee member Robert Hoey resigned this week via a seven-minute Facebook video after facing citywide condemnation for his use of an anti-Semitic slur on a Wednesday morning local TV show. Mr. Hoey apologized to the target of his attack, a former employee at the Lowell Public Schools, without naming him, and to everybody across the country because this thing's gone all over the place, he said, referring to the news media coverage. He said that even though he had heard the N-word spoken in front of him a thousand times throughout his life and within the prison where he worked, nothing has ever hurt me as much as his use of the anti-Semitic slur. As he announced his resignation toward the end of the video, he added, oh, that does hurt, and said he wants to advocate for teachers and students in Lowell. He added, he has a big mouth and no control over how I talk or speak. He's ashamed of himself And he added, 
What you get is what you see, unquote. The Apologies of the Week, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Oh, honey, where did you get that amazing serving plate? Is that uh, French? Nope. It's pure Mar-a-Lago. Hi, I'm Donald Trump with the best news since Joe Biden's electroshock therapy. Now, the better-than-world-class dining experience that the members of my Mar-a-Lago club enjoy can be part of your everyday mealtime. Welcome 
to the Mar-a-Lago collection. Wow, this soup spoon must be solid gold. <laughs> it's solid Mar-a-Lago. Imagine the luxury lifestyle that hundreds of the world's finest people pay through the nose to enjoy can be yours for just payment the regular way. And every piece of silverware, every cup and every saucer, every goblet and every platter have been personally chosen from our trusted supplier by me. Because believe me, I got the time. And it's not just dinnerware and cookingware that gives your home that Mar-a-Lago blue check of excellence. Oh, oh no. Oh. I spilled the soup. Huh? That's what these are for. Wow. Are these thirsty kitchen towels pure linen? They're pure Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago soft goods can show you the softer side of the high life. Towels and napkins enjoyed by kings and princes in my Palm Beach paradise are yours to clean and enjoy for just pennies an hour. This kind of luxury has never been available to the general public before because Don Jr. hadn't thought of it yet. But now you can enjoy big shot lifestyle at Pisher prices. This is one steal you won't want to stop. And once you've experienced Mar-a-Lago luxury in the dining room, you won't believe our golden thread furniture collection coming soon. You'll feel like you're sitting in the penthouse. And every piece in the Mar-a-Lago collection is personally inspected and approved by me because I've got the time. Believe me, take the golden escalator up to a new floor of living, the Mar-a-Lago collection. And here's the best news yet. You can start collecting all the pieces online just as soon as we find a lawyer who can set up the website in an appropriate jurisdiction. I wouldn't kid you. This year, the real winner is your lifestyle. And remember, it's not solid anything. It's pure Mar-a-Lago. Seem to weave it and bend. Don't play me 
Now, just uh, a note from Inspector General Department. The 737 MAX is slowly returning to service around the world. Around the world. And now there's a new report on the FAA's failures to provide oversight into the plane's initial certification process. That's the thing that allows it to fly, you know. Weaknesses in FAA's certification and delegation process hindered its oversight of the 737 MAX, according to the report's title. The inspector general of the FAA says there were limitations in the way FAA inspectors reviewed the system known as MCAS. That system blamed as the primary cause for the two MAX crashes that led to a bunch of deaths, like 346 people as much. The report report cites communication gaps between the FAA and Boeing. It also says certain inspections conducted by Boeing workers were not ensured to be adequately independent. It concludes with 14 different recommendations to improve the safety process. FAA leaders have agreed to adopt the recommendations. Aside from the deaths, Mrs. Lincoln, I guess it's a happy ending. News of Inspectors General. Ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this very program. And one more apology before we go. This is uh, either Elmore, Elmer Fudd or the Postmaster General Louis DeJoy. You decide. Let me say at the outset that we must acknowledge that during this peak season, we fell far short of meeting our service targets. Too many Americans were left waiting for weeks for important deliveries of mail and packages. This is unacceptable, and I apologize to those customers who felt the impact of our delays. All of us at the Postal Service, from our board, to our leadership team, to our union and association leadership, to every employee, strive to do better in our service to the American people, and we will do better. I guess that's Louis DeJoy, because I didn't see bugs around.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. Don't don't applaud so so fervently for that. But the program will return next week at the same time over these same radio stations and over your audio device of choice whenever you want it. It's just like not wearing a mask. And the uh, it would be just like. Wearing a mask, if you'd agree to join with me then, would you? Already. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. A tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego desk, to Pam, to Pam Halstead, and to Tom, uh, Thomas Walsh here at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address for this broadcast, your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts for the entire family, and a playlist of the music you hear here, all at harryshearer.com. And I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Production and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans' flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from New Orleans.